whiskey. Welcome to the Whiskey Underground. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the BSEA Whiskey Underground. We're here tonight in the secret speakeasy to relax and enjoy one of the finest man-made creations on earth, whiskey. Brant. Uh, Scott, what is happening? For our second short pour in a row, we are tasting something that we tasted together and was pretty <laughs> Can't wild. for the life. Yeah. Can't for the life of me. Remember, I will remember this one. Yeah, was it was the highlight of the weekend? That was yeah, sitting by the campfire with whiskey wise. Whiskey wise, there were a lot of highlights. There were a lot of highlights, but whiskey wise, tons of highlights for the weekend. But this one, this bottle, and I had picked it up when, after I heard you were coming, and said, you know what, I'm gonna wait to crack this until Brent gets here, because it was outstanding, and it's no shock to anyone. That it comes from a Brown Foreman-owned product. That it comes from, at least for me, Scotland. And that it comes from the Glendronic Distillery. And we're talking about a, uh, a limited-release cask bottling of Glendronic 12. So what they do is they take their, you know, the normal Glendronic 12 is all um, blended casks that are in the distillery. Minimum 12 years. Some are a little older, some are a little, you know. Some are um, older than 12 years. The minimum it's got to be is 12 years. But, but still, it's a blend of their 12-year-aged whiskey. This comes from one barrel in the entire distillery that was distilled in 2008, cast in a, in a first fill Oloroso Sherry Punching. So the big barrel, you know, the big giant barrel. It's what uh, normal barrels, what, 53 gallons? I want to say this is like 114 gallons. It's a, it's a damn big bag. And this is bottle number 11 of 628. So 628 is what that... That cask... That Oloroso produced, yeah. cask yields. Yep. So you'd think probably... Now, did it... You think it was finished or did it live its whole life? In whole there? life. Because it may have... Nope. Whole so life. Whole, whole life. Okay. Matured only in the in the finest Oloroso sherry punch-in. All 12 years Damn. in a sherry punch-in barrel. And the color... We'll go ahead and start pouring this. The color on this one just that reflects sound, that, that. Yeah, that, that cork pulling out of there. Mm-hmm. This is delightful, and I wish I could show you guys the bottle and show how much is gone of this because we definitely did a number on the couple days we did this together. Uh, and it's totally worth it because honestly, good company deserves great whiskey. This was great company and great whiskey. Well, I think we did this. We did that night one. Yes. This was night one. 
<laughs> night two was the uh, uh, Calumet, or what else do we drink? We drink cocktails. We drink. Uh, oh yeah, the uh, the the Flying Dutchman. That's it. I made you some Flying Dutchman. Yeah. This was a big night. Um, all right, so this one is like I said, it's it's a single cast, but it's also cask strength. So we're coming in at fifty nine point eight, one nineteen point six on this proof. Rachel Berry, who's the master blender over at uh, over at Glendrona, has actually picked this one out. This was not a blend, but she picks this one out, and she she did just a fan fucking fantastic job on this one. So the yeah, color this is pretty, it's pretty cool. Color is like I'm gonna call that like dark autumn, like it is it is pretty fucking dark. Um, that is. That is dark, and I tell you what, it is, yeah, I mean, it's just superly, I mean, super, just consistently kind of autumn gold. Yeah. Like Golden bur- autumn, golden amber. Burnt amber, burnt orange. Yeah. Whatever you want to call the color on it. I'm trying to look up that color wheel you sent me. Where is that? Oh, shit, what was that? What was it? A uh? whiskey shelf. This is, um, I mean, this is verging on a 1.5 Auburn polished mahogany. Yeah. What do you think it is? So on this one, I would say on their their whiskey shelf. So it's like whiskeyshelf.com slash how hyphen to hyphen enjoy, and then you'll find the whiskey, the like the kind of like ins and outs of tasting whiskey. And the first is the color. Um. And I think this one gets into the 1.5. Maybe. I think, I think easy, maybe. Maybe 1.6. I don't think we're up to I think it's, burnt umber yet. Oh, actually, I we think, might be. I think you're pretty damn close. I think you're one. It's like a 1617. I'm going to say 1517. Yeah, in there. 1.5 to 1.7. It's, it's 1.7 is probably... A tad too much, I agree, but I think you're one five one six all day. Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll call one six because I I'm gonna be generous because I love Glendronic. <laughs> the nose, mahogany. the nose on this brand is what is it? Mahogany henna notes. Uh, yeah, henna like henna tattoos, like yeah, that brownish so. color. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is outrageous. It's really good. I remember this being stupid. Yeah, I mean, it's so much candied fruit, spice, vanilla, sandalwoods, and there's baking spice. There's raisin. There's green apple. Yeah, there's a little bit of like nice green apple notes. The um, you know, sultana raisins. Mixed nuts. So, before we, before we fanboy much more over this, I will tell you this, though. I never knew this brand before drinking it with you. First intro I had to this brand, which fucking absolutely wrecked me, was uh, Parliament oh, 21, yeah. 21 years, yeah. which destroyed me, which I still think it is... That still think to this day is my highest rank scotch. number that I've given to a scotch. I don't remember that because it was in my old book and I don't remember what the number is, but I think it was probably the highest ranked scotch. I think you actually rated it higher than 
McAllen M. It was. I. I feel like it would had to be in in the mid mid nineties, but on the way to becoming my favorite Scotch, surpassing McAllen, which is which is a fanboy for forever because that's kind of what started me into whiskey in general. And I think after drinking this with you and then now revisiting it, 100% deal is sealed. Glendronic is my favorite Scotch brand. Yeah. What I, what I and as much as a, as a fanboy as I used to be for McAllen, and, and McAllen is still really good, Glendronic, they just beat McAllen on almost everything that they are doing right now. Like, top to bottom, and especially, like, the 12 years, comparable. They are very similar. The 12 Sherry McAllen, the 12 Sherry for Glendronic, very comparable. Both about $55, $60. Really good. The 15 for McAllen is about 100 bucks. The 15 for Glendronic is about 100 bucks. I give the edge to Glendronic because it's 15 years in sherry, not triple cask and pulling and blending and all that stuff. And it's also not watered down. It's 46% instead of 43%. It's when you get into the higher end. McAllen 18 is something stupid right now. It's like $300 a bottle. Easy, easy three. If not, man, if not higher than that. But yeah. it's, it's gone, it's gone apeshit. It's jumped the shark. I like it. But give, give me Glendronic 18 every single day. The Allardyce at $155 a bottle for half the price and even then McAllen 21 or if they made it 21 I guess the closer would be McAllen 25 they do they make it they have a 21 do they I know they I know they regularly stock a 25 and the 25 is something like what 3 grand for a bottle of that $2,500 for a bottle of McAllen 25 Glendronic 21, please don't share this, is $220 a bottle. Keep that your secret. Don't turn that into the next McKenna. Thankfully, we have a small enough listenership, in, and this is where I'm not, I'm not ashamed of how many people listen to the show. I'm glad nobody listens to it because I don't want the secret of Glendronic 21 to get out there. Because honestly, the Parliament is one of the finest whiskeys you will ever have. The finest scotches you will ever have. I don't disagree. That was that was the one that kind of pushed me over the the edge for sure. Um, well, when I t- tasted it for the first time, I was like, okay. I, I thought I liked scotch, but this is unbelievable scotch. Yeah. For the price, for the price, you know, for 21 year. I'm trying to dig through McAllen right now just to tell you what. If there's a so 25 is about. 1400 wholesales probably two grand for a 25 yeah it's, it's expensive and for a 20 yeah. 21 21 which is just as crazy to jump even from a count no 21 fine oak which is the triple cask thing 416 bucks and that and that to me is what i think has been mccallan's biggest problem if they've gone too big to try and just sell mass marketing and they've watered down their whiskey with the the triple cast the, I like the double cast but the, the sherry cask is where scotch is at be a fine producer of sherry cask whiskeys like Glendronic and you can keep your integrity 
I have a, I have a couple stores. I have two retail stores. The rest of my business is, is bars and restaurants, but two retail stores that keep all pretty marks, pretty much all marks on McAllen up to 18, 18 years. And I say that, which is crazy, because a couple years ago, if you carried every mark on McAllen up to 18 years, you had 12, 15, 18, or 12, 17, 18. I mean, 12, 17, yeah, 18. But now it's three 12s, two 15s, three 18s. Yeah. And you know what, you know what sells? 18 cherry cask. Always. I mean, 12-year cherry cask sells, 12-year double double oak sells, because people will gamble under 100 bucks. Yeah. But at 300 350 You're not selling something new. You're not selling double oak. You're not selling triple triple oak. Triple oak 18, and look, good thing they have it in a, in a box, because if it was just a bottle on the shelf... It's so light. And you saw the cup... Yeah. You'd be like, wait. That's not 18-year-old scotch. Well, especially if you had it next to Sherry Cask Double double 18 and Triple 18. Yeah. There's no way you're buying. You'd wonder, you'd wonder why that was so light and why it's so watered down. And that's the shame of it. That's that's why I, I, I've fallen out of love with McAllen these years. Because they're, uh. they're not doing it right. All right, enough about McAllen. Let's drink this whiskey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the nose. We, we started talking about it. Lots of candied fruits, spice vanilla, the mixed nuts, the waxy walnuts, the yep. almonds, apple, apples, raisin. yeah, raisins, a uh, little bit of chocolate, a slight bit of chocolate, and some really, really like rich dark honey, like like organic honey. Yep. It is uh, that is, that's just a phenomenal. Nose and honestly, I'm, drink, I'm Brent, drinking. Smell that, smell that nose quickly. Tell me that's fifty nine percent. No way. No, you're not getting all that ethanol. It's really smooth. No way. I mean, you can dig into this. Mm-hmm. Now there's your fifty nine percent. Oh yeah. But even then, even then it is smooth. Wow. Right? It burns. But it is such a slow burn that you don't really feel it. Alright. Um dude, I <laughs> I still am blown away by this. By the way, this bottle comes in at $114. Okay. Now, have you tasted any of the McAllen Color Series? Um, yeah. All of you talking about the yeah. you talking about the the Highland yeah, the, series the, one, the one through six. Yeah, the additions. Yeah, one additions. Six. Yeah. All of those, if you could find them now, would retail retail MSR, MSRP for about one hundred fifteen dollars a bottle. All of which yeah. are watered down to forty-three percent. Don't don't talk bad about this because I have all of these as, as an investment. I know, and and I know. trust me, that <laughs> investment's going to be there because I need to sell them. There are yeah. people that will waste money on the calendar. This is from a Scotch standpoint, from a whiskey drinker standpoint. 
this blows McCallum away. The nose, the palate, everything is just so damn good. It's, it's quite amazing. So, first thing about the palate is when you put in when you put it on the front of your tongue is the body, the oil, yeah. the context, the way it feels on your on your mouth. Take your taste buds out of it, just the way it sits sits on your tongue is uh, is pretty awesome. It's full body, it's heavy, it's oily, um, it's thick and chewy. Um, man, that's first for sure. Yeah, you're right. As you as you put this on the front of your tongue, you get those spiced fruits, those candy uh, candied fruits, spiced vanilla. You get this good baking spice, that ground nutmeg, the uh, the cloves, a little bit of ginger, um, and then it's just like the mid palate is just so oily, with like. Thick treacle or rich honey. Like, treacle is essentially molasses in the UK. Essentially, it's like a, a, a thick molasses. And this is just really rich, really oily, velvety. And it brings out so many good flavors. No, I... All of that is spot is is spot on, and I think to me it was front of tongue. It had it had the spice, but it had that honey sweetness. This is one you know we talked in episodes past about. I think it was we talked about the Calumet being deep in one direction. This kind of goes, dude. It has honey sweetness. You're all, yeah. It has oak. Yet it has. Yet it has sherry. So look, the palate on this one. Uh, we've talked a little bit about it. It, it. It's just so dynamic. Like this, this is is such a range. I mean, it goes from oaky honey, orange marmalade, baking spices, treacle, and the caramelized sugars, to you know, brown. When you eat a good steak and you have that like butter on top of it, it's like brown butter, like that rich oiliness yes. to it. Brown butter, cocoa. I mean, everything in this palette just marries well together for a single cast. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I'm just surprised at how wide, like you said, this, this palette, the range of this palette is. It's pretty, pretty impressive. I mean, it still has classic sherry kind of finish and oak depths. I mean... You nailed it. I think you can pretty much just point on the color, point on the palette wheel spectrum. Yeah, and it's it's, it's, it's in all there. there. You know, it's in yeah. there. It hits all all quadrants. You know. Now, what do you what do you think about the finish? I mean, other than just ridiculously long. I mean, I I watch this as the legs drip down the glass, and it's like slowly make their way from the top to the bottom. It just goes to show the oiliness and the content of it. I think the sherry comes out the most in the finish. Yes. Um, I think that's where you, you get it the most, sherry and oak in the finish. And it turns to me, 
it's it doesn't turn into your average ordinary scotch until until the finish. I think the palate is just so boom and overwhelm, you know, powerful and multi-dimensional. And then the, the finish is long and sweet. And it honestly, it's like it finishes like most good scotches start. Um, oaky, smooth, you know, smooth has that sherry, that sherry kind of finish. Taste finely like malted, you know, malted, malted barley, yeah, kind of juicy, juicy malted barley. Like that doesn't come to me. That doesn't come in to to the effect until kind of the the back end. The front end is just so big and bold. It kind of takes the finish to get those those malted barley and sherry flavors. Yeah, I mean, I get a really long, deep finish. It's definitely, this is where I think the ethanol kind of comes to play. You do get a burn, but it's kind of a slow burn, as I said before. Um, it's rich with toffees and candied fruits and all of those really good sherry-finished notes. The waxy walnuts, um, the kind of spiced fruits, the spiced cherries, the spiced berries, like blackberry. All of those kind of linger on the palate. And it just presents as a really nice, drying, but not overly oaked finish. And there's, I hate to say it, there's kind of a testament to, you know, using old casks to to age your whiskey. Um, You get those longer ages without the overly oaked finish. I mean... I think we've talked about it, you know, many times before. Bourbon kind of taps out around the 12-year age. I think that's the prime sweet spot, 12 to 14-year age for bourbon. Because any more time in that new charred American oak, and you're just getting super oaky. Whereas yeah. scotch is like what used is- up that stuff from the bourbon, and it's now able to age longer. What did we have at, at Balio? And it was the Abelor oh, 16? Yeah, the 16. Yeah. But even then, it was a great pour. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we sat there and had had lunch with it, and I don't really remember fawning over the yeah the scotch. It was, it was it good. Was good. It was not memorable. Uh, and and we don't hate Abelor. We've had some good Abelor. The Avenade was very good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the twelve is but pretty I, good. I remember drinking it, and enjoying it, but I don't remember the conversation being, you know, at lunch being circled around. Abelor 16, where this is, I feel like, all we talked about for the weekend, you True. know, we circle back <laughs> to like, fuck, that bot, that, Glen, that, that Glendronic was fucking amazing. Yeah, you know what, I, I think that, honestly, the whiskey that we had at the golf course was overshadowed by the golf course that day. It was such a perfect, oh, no doubt, perfect day of golf, uh, perfect weather, perfect company, um, I don't know about you, but that was one of the funnest rounds I've played in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. It was way funner than the round I played the day before because <laughs> I actually shot half-ass, uh, half-ass decent. But, putting was a little different. But putting was way was way different. It was way different. Uh, I made a couple pars on on Saturday, which was uh, <laughs> which is like a birdies for eagles for me, um, which was good. But no, I mean and. And to that effect, when this episode drops and everyone that hears it, um, Scott and I kind of knocked around. Who else is golf golfers in BSCA? Does anyone else? Anders, does Anders anyone Scott else lives on a play, golf course. You know, but he doesn't play well, golf. They, 
<laughs> he lives on a golf course, but doesn't play golf. Yeah. In- interesting to know who else who else enjoys maybe a whiskey on the on the course. I, Be interesting. To, I do know, to know the Fernandezes love golf and love whiskey. So uh, if we need a foursome, it's the Fernandez and well, us. I, I'm just thinking we we need a Lake Buena Vista open, Fine. you know, BSEA so Lake Buena Vista open one one year, um, for have sure. You, have you played the Disney courses yet? No, no, not not yet, but I want to. I played them all for sure. Uh, even the ones that don't exist, and I think that <laughs> um, well, it still exists. It's just not a Disney course anymore. I think Lake Buena Vista is my favorite. Yeah, I mean the mag the mag is great. Magnolia is great because you're on you're literally playing down yeah. seven, 16 and seventeen. Play down the side of the monorail, and you kind of golf along with the monorail. Um, but Lake Buena Vista has some of the best views, the best um, green complexes. I, I I just I fawn over that design because it is it is. Fun golf. Who's who's the designer? I know you oh, know. I have no idea. It's it's not anyone famous. Oh. And you know what? I know Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer manages it. Yeah, Arnold, Arnold Palmer, Palmer management Palmer or whatever. Let's see. Like Vista scorecard. Scorecard always has it. Joe Lee. Joe Lee was the course architect in 1972. Um. It was home to the PGA Tour until uh, 2012, from 1971 to 2012. They played the the Palm, the Mag, and then a few rounds at Lake Buena Vista. Uh, Joe Lee, I'm not sure if he has done anything other than Lake Buena Vista. (laughs) Let's see. Oh! Huh! So, he designed one of the courses at Cog Hill where I played all of my college golf. Ah. Did not know that. There you go. There you go. So there you go, yeah. Um, other than that, uh, that's about it. Couple in, a, cu- a couple in Florida. Lots in Florida. So yeah. Um, golf and whiskey just go hand in hand. Uh, I, I, I think I- that... Brent, Brent, when we're when we were at Ballyon, we actually saw another bottle of this cast bottle from Glendronic at Ballyon, but it was something like a thirty-something-year-old bottle, or a thirty-something-year-old bottling. Yeah, it looks like they had a several different expressions of this kind of series where they made. 30-year and 27-year and multi-year single cask cast bottling so Scott I mean hats off to you for opening this sucker up because it was an awesome experience for the cat for cask bottling um it obviously would be super interesting to taste one of the the old age statements but I think this one was absolutely perfect yeah I mean I I think everybody likes a little bit of cast strength because you can then tailor it down I think we talked about this when we were drinking this by the fire pit you can tailor down that scotch to your experience or that whiskey to your experience. If you want if you want the full proof, go with the full proof. Um, if you want to add water, you can add some water. I mean, you know what? I'm try a little bit. We got a little bit left in this glass. 
Add a little bit of water, probably proof that down to McAllen range at 46%. And it's still freaking good. I mean, it's still got. And now you bring out really good fruit notes here. I get I get really rich berries and really rich fruits. Still good on the palate. Still good on the finish. Oh, yeah. I think I prefer it at cast strength. But it's still really damn good. Very good. Tough to be... Tough to be beat. So what was your... What's your score on this bad boy? All right, well, it's starting with a nine. For me, it's that's obvious. Well, yeah, that's obvious. It's me, me as well. I think, to me, it borders on the edge of greatness. So I think, to me, it's a 93. Damn. I think it's really, really good. It just borders on the edge of greatness. I would love to see this one maybe age just a little bit longer. If this went to, like, 15 years, I know it would jump up the price to, like, 200 bucks. But I would love to try a 15-year-old bottle of this or even 20-year bottling of Glendronach and their cask strength, single barrel, and see what that tastes like. I know that's probably we like... Sh we should have asked the Bally <laughs> Owen. <laughs> um, you got to buy the bottle, and the bottle is like four grand. <laughs> yeah, probably. No one's asked about no, that they bottle. Prob they probably would have kept it. They probably would have like kept it there for you in like your own special locker, but... They might have. You might have had to buy the whole, the whole bottle. That's a 45-minute yeah, drive just to enjoy my oh. bottle of whiskey. Okay, I do have Glendronic 21 notes. Okay. You gave Glendronic 21 a 97, I Scott. It's really good. Stand by that. Stand by that. Well, man. What'd you get it? I gave it a, I gave it a 90. Glendronic 21? 21, I gave a 90. And I'm I'm gonna I'd have to revisit that now. I think, because you know what? I'm gonna I'm giving I'm giving this way greater than I I give this a ninety four. I'm gonna buy a bottle of Glendronic twenty one and I'm gonna make you revisit that because that's probably gonna wrong. buy I'm that's wrong. Yeah, I'm probably gonna buy I'm probably gonna buy one too. <laughs> uh to revisit it. So I mean I said oak, raisin, fresh malt, spicy chocolate, long lasting on the on the palate. We tasted that back in March of 2019. So it's been a bit of time. So, it's been a bit of time. So, yeah, you say 93, I say 94. I think that is one of the coolest scotches yeah. I've tasted. And I and I I like it as a bourbon drinker. And anyone out there that sees Glendronic, knock yourself because it doesn't have. I mean, some of the classics, the Glenfiddich 12 and stuff like that, we've talked about it. Just a super green apple. Like it doesn't have those. Um, those super classic scotch notes until it's until the finish. Yeah. The the palate, the front end is so bold, so big, so rich, so crazy, so everything else. Yeah, you're getting um, you're getting a really rich experience with this one. It is um, yeah. it is flavorful, it is rich, it is bold. And then at the end you get some of those ginger, those green apple, the the troops I mean, really when people think of scotch, I think they think of Johnny Black 
And I don't know if we're doing that on the... I don't know if that made the bottom shelf matters because it's just yeah, above exactly. the range. But Johnny Black has that, like, spicy ginger uh, and green apple notes to it. And I think that's what people think of as scotch. And that's a shame because Johnny Black is okay in and of itself, but it is not indicative of all scotch. Right. So. Well, this was awesome. I enjoyed it. And for the second time, it was amazing. Venture out to Glendronach. Definitely pick up a bottle if you see Ugh. it on the shelves. Glendronach 12, the Revival uh, 15, the Allardyce uh, 18, and the Parliament 21. All are phenomenal bottles. I'm not trying to hawk Brown Foreman. I really am not, but they just do it right. They really do it right. It would be the dream, the dream g- company to... To hawk, to pitch, hey. to sell. You know. I'm gonna, you know cool. what? I might send. I might send a copy of this to Brown Foreman and say, "Sponsor us. We want your whiskey." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll, we'll make a Brown Foreman plug every show. Yeah. I'll plug Brown Foreman just to yeah. just to have anything on their shelves, uh, especially this. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, yeah. look as we as we finish up tonight's short pour, uh, really good stuff, really good whiskey. We definitely enjoy Glendronic. We definitely enjoy it. Um, it's going to go back to Bottom Shelf Matters as we do two more scotches next next month. We are doing the Deanston Virgin Oak and the Dewar's 12. Dewar's 12 is regularly available. I'm not sure how available Deanston Virgin Oak is, but if you can find it, it's totally worth the price of $35. I mean, it is a, it's a really good whiskey. I think you're all going to like if you want to try it out. Um, but I just don't know how how well available Deanston is. I don't know. It's available here, not insane, mm-hmm. but it's here. So go here. go check those out if you want to drink along with us as we do um, uh, episode number two of season three. Brent, we are officially a toddler. Let's hope we don't terrible yeah. threes. <laughs> Let's hope we don't rage and break shit like other three-year-old toddlers that I know. Oh, <clears> my son have, have done <laughs> in the past. Um, so Brent, heard that. Here is to uh, a great whiskey. If you came here to learn, drink what you learn. If you came here to share, share what you drink. If you came in here a stranger, may you exit a friend. And if you came here for adventure, drink, drink up. up. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. And I know that someday that sun is bound to shine. Some folks can lose the blues in their heart. But when I think of you, another shower sun.